Thanks for listening to Punk Theology. To Punk Theology. My name is Russ Shaw. This is the Punk Theology Podcast. Oh, you guys, girls, listeners in Cyberland, this episode gets weird. We had a strange natural occurrence happen while recording this podcast. Oh, yeah, you're going to want to stick around here. The website for this podcast? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm glad you asked. It's punktheology.com. Coming to you from the Seattle metro area, up here in Everett, Washington, the north side. Yes, um, episode 28. What are we talking about today? Podcast soup. We're just uh, five guys hanging out, talking about what we should talk about. Talking about not planning. And not planning. planning. You mentioned soup. No, So after last week, my wife and I were uh, looking at porn together to try to spice up things. After Misha and Derek were talking, and uh, really, no, <laughs> really, <laughs> the lies episode. Yeah, that was a good one. Go back and listen to that if you haven't yet. I still haven't posted it yet. <laughs> you are. Well, we're talking about real time, so eventually that will get posted. I'll cut this out later. Um, <laughs> so I had a discussion. I had a discussion on the uh, what do you call it? Uh, organic church movements, which which is good fodder for back and forth with this theistic kind of thinking and certainty versus what's organic and there's this real kind of tension in that group there's a lot of like staunch Christians in that group and a lot of church folk right churchmen and a lot of church women too I guess but they're churchmen too I don't know but one woman brought up this uh, this article which I didn't read but her reaction to it was interesting because she felt like her gifts as a organized person were not being like she was being kind of shamed and called she was called one of the plannies which you put that in quotes a planny is someone who is like super organized and and I think that that's part of the problem that's why people are going back to let's talk about an organic church movement right because the organized planny folks have been in charge so long and I think they're the ones that fall to the temptation of Let's make this about the system or the institution and not the people, which is ironic. And you see this in business. You see this in a lot of social structures. It's like once the institution becomes the thing and you feed it, you kind of kill the, the, 
the spiritual, I don't know, the vibe to it, right? Because it's about people, and without the people, the fucking institution or system doesn't survive. It so kind of eats itself. It collapses you're the organizer itself. of the disorganized punk theology podcast. Kind of. Doesn't appreciate the spiritual gift of planning that this woman carries. Well, holy, I, holy spirit given gift that you have no respect for. Not that I don't respect it. Like, I could use some of it, to be honest. Like, I'm not a planny person. I'm, like, the most disorganized. I'm, it's a miracle did I'm you, still pray and ask for halfway the gift? paid my bill. <laughs> What's that? Did you pray and ask for the gift? No. It was just, I just, I think it's, just yeah, they, bequeathed to him. I think that I wasn't in line for that. Like, you're supposed to be in a line, and I didn't show up that day. <laughs> so can anything remain organic? What, what, That's a good the, question. Wait a minute. So you guys are... <laughs> I, I have a headache. So oh, so many metaphors for no, John. No, 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 no. I like metaphors. It's 32 degrees out. Why is there a bee in your garage? Oh, no. oh wow. Look at that. But what is... It's a sign. It's a sign. It's an organic thing. What are we talking well, like about? It's like the start of a Stephen King movie. Regards <laughs> to the organic. All like, of a sudden there's a big yellow well, he's jacket. Well, talking about planning. Very big yellow jacket. Yeah. So... You got woke up by the... While we can't decide what to talk about right before starting recording. Yeah. We're yeah, talking about people who plan. <laughs> that's right. And so we're going to shit on the plannings while we have we have no idea. Right. So no, that, that's a point. We're not here to shit on people. I want to learn from... Anyway, John, go ahead. We don't have any words. I just, I just <laughs> threw a mug. Yeah, so I, I, I was talking to a friend about that Richard Rohr idea about the different stages of life, the first stage, the second stage, and the second stage is more about subtraction and is more contemplative and, and more open. But, you know, so, so if you're a person that maybe has come into the second stage of life... Somebody just jumped out and grabbed Oh, he did! Look at that! That's awesome! <laughs> it's like, it's like a video here. <laughs> Holy shit. Boris! That was, that's a massive spider, too. He just attacked that. Boris the spider. That is so freaking cool. Hold you, up. <laughs> it is. It's like a... It's like, go we, can, we can post this on our, our video. Yeah. Oh, shit. You can, like... <laughs> This is, this is stealing this view right now. Somebody got a flashlight? You can't yeah. see it. But we had to keep this out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, this is awesome. It's like, oh shit, one of the plantings has got the organic view. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Look at that. Oh yeah, he's just munching down that beef. So this bee just woke up and then the spider just freaking got it. Look, he's stinging up the spider. Oh, he is, he is fighting back. This is like an MMA fight right now. <laughs> I don't know who to root for. This is actually pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> that thing is huge. Yeah, right? What is that? The bee is dead. That was amazing. Anyway, that was cool. <laughs> so you guys can watch the video on our YouTube page. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, if that won't get people to the YouTube page, there was, what will? We there, just was, had a, there was no way to plan that. There was no <laughs> that way to plan that. Happened. That's right. <laughs> Talk about organic. Holy yes. crap. That is, that's Talk about conflict. <laughs> that is a conflict solved right it there. there we had a bee problem. Spider came through. So... Now we don't have to worry about the bee. John, you were pissed. No, I'm not pissed. You had a headache. Oh, no, not really. Um, no, he was just rolling his eyes. No, yeah, maybe a little. So, <laughs> so deeply, it gave him a headache. <laughs> so, uh, 
so so maybe you've been, you've come into the stage of life where you're into <clears throat> subtraction and organic whatever um, <laughs> you know flowing and, and all, all these kind of words that people use but you know, I was talking to a friend of this and, and she accurately brought the point that you know it's great people want it maybe you want to you know meditate all day do yoga all day be a fucking hippie that's great but it's like someone needs to run society I mean someone needs yeah. to, yeah. to have jobs I mean you could shit on like business people or republicans but but we need jobs we so, need then, business and commerce and organization and, and so, that's right fine, you're saying democrats don't have jobs oh no they they do I mean it, it, yeah sure the question I think so this is what Russ and I talked about is that um, is that when it comes to planning in the church? Oh, okay. so so it used to be really necessary to have those super organized people because the only because the only way for people to learn about religious topics was for them all to get together and they had hired this guy to go and study the Bible because they didn't have time uh, and then they would they would sit down and listen to this guy and that took. A, pretty decent amount of coordination and organization. Right. Right? Um, But then the inevitable problem is that nobody can stop there. Because that's all they really need is, you know, is a way to learn about about, uh, this religion and then an opportunity afterwards to hang out and talk and discuss stuff. And that's, like, that would be that's that's plenty right there. That, That would be great. But the planning's never know when to stop, and they have to organize more and more and more. And it comes down to this issue of added value. Mm, yeah. Like the pastor is like, well, you know, like this is great, but I'm kind of living on, you know, not great wages, and and you know, if we could just figure out a way to add some value to this, and that's where the planning's perk up, right? Like, oh, added value is like my thing, right? Like we can get programs and organizations and. And clubs, and we can, you know, do events every night, and then and all Kids of a sudden, stuff, right? And, and, and then more and Let's more do and a more. Wednesday service, and yeah, and then you get <laughs> right, and then you get mega, people, and then eventually you get mega church pastors because holy shit, there's another bee. Maybe like a oh, nest in here somewhere, huh? There's got to be. That thing's huge, man. Dude, don't go to that corner. Go, go, go no, go to the one way ticket. More this episode's things. going well. <laughs> it is. It's like a it's biblical. We, we need, we need some fucking right. Adderall. Really bad right, right now. We can't stay we on it. We need a planning. Um, so, and that's, and that's the issue with it. And then also bringing up like the issue of like, do we need that anymore? And I brought this up in a previous episode. Like, has technology gotten to the point where we don't need that? Like, because you can watch the smartest of the smartest and the best of the best right Is now. Is that B on my back? No. No, he just felt light. something. Anyway, go ahead. No, Sorry. It's about to. <laughs> <laughs> Do we need to, like, stop and feed yeah. the spider again? Yeah. Feed the spider. Feed the spider. Dude, if you value. Like it's so cold. If you value uh, the plans and the organization, I think that the people that step in to do that become like stars, right? right? And we look up to those people. And then I think what happens is the the spirit is choked by those people's egos. And that person's ego and their 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 knowledge and they start getting full of themselves and we just kind of usher the spirit out the door. And I'm not necessarily saying that churches need to go away and we need to stop, you know, everything needs to stop. 
Um, I'm just wondering if the pendulum swung way, way, way too far. Yeah. Well, it sounds to me, in the context of the organic church movement, which sounds like a nice label for something that barely exists unless you're talking about some dude who just got sick of churches and started his own, his own little home church. There's plenty of those. But then you've got this person who's like, hey, you don't like my organizing skills. Um, great. You weren't a part of a program church, which has been popular since the 70s when the whole phrase was invented, which mm-hmm. is when all the big churches are all around. You have all these programs for all these different people who have all these different ideas of what they want out of church. There's a music program. There's a kids program. You split the kids program into up the little kids, the junior hires, the high schoolers. We got... College ministry. We got the college ministry. We got the newlyweds. We got the geriatrics. There's a program for everything. Yeah. Super planning. Yeah. Well, it, I read an article. Then you get denominations. If you too. want that, go there. Right. Yeah. And then you get the denominations where we're going to lean really hard into like Calvinism, like you're a piece of crap and Jesus saved you from, you know, whatever. There goes the beat. Oh, shit. <laughs> I don't think that really has a lot to do with the organic church movement. I read an article years ago that was talking about the decline and the eventual demise of the megachurch and sort of like this idea that what will emerge from the rubble is something smaller, more organic, more inclusive, more diverse. And it might be messier, and there might not be those programs, but I think we're still kind of witnessing that decline. The more interesting, poignant question for me, aside from Plannies, though, is hearing you guys talk, and it's come up, but it's like, what, why, why do you, why even still go to church at all? And don't tell me because it's because of the people. I don't buy that because I would say that's why you have friends, why you have relationships. Mm-hmm. That's why we come here mm-hmm. in a sense. So, man, and maybe I'm wrong. I don't want to shit on that if that's no. what your real answer is. But hey, Bob, how are you? Well, nice to see you, Steve. It was uh, well, it was a great word from the Lord, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Well, I'm gonna go get a cup of coffee. You have a good week, brother. Okay, you too. And then boom, brunch, home, nap, whatever. Is there really anything substantive happening on a Sunday no. morning? And I would so, agree. So, so, so then, so then, but you would say some people would say I go for the people uh-huh. that you interact with shallowly. Maybe not. Maybe somewhat. But you know, ten minutes, fifteen minutes after the sermon. So, is it is it the sermon? Is it the Bible? Is it the program? The music? Is it is it just that's what you do? I mean, oh, you grew I, up with it. It's, I like this answer. I need to hear the gospel every week. I guess it wears off. You need, like, a blood pressure pill. Yeah, good news. Like, give me something positive or something hopeful. My mom actually says that, by the way. Yeah. She said it for, like, a couple decades. I need to hear the gospel every week. Well, so, like, I'm, I'm going through Mike McHarg's book, uh, Finding God in the Waves. Great book. Highly recommend it. One thing he talks about that resonates with me is more from a contemplative standpoint. What's his name? Mike McHarg. Some people call him McHarg Wave. I think he pronounces it McHarg. Finding God okay. in the Waves, just look it up. Good guy. He's uh, the liturgist. Liturgist guy. He has his own podcast, okay. uh, Ask Science Mike. Pretty good. Arthur was on there before. Did you know that? Arthur got to ask him a question. It was oh, good, cool. too. Yeah. Really liked it. Went to see him in Portland. Yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, is the, the way contemplative disciplines, meditation, things like that work, is they are built upon momentum and consistency. So there is some actually like scientific neurological evidence that you actually need to cultivate these practices for their efficacy. Mm. And so, I mean, hearing the gospel like in a, you know, you're hearing words preached that have resonance or power to you. That could be something, but but it does actually, like over time, if people pray, it does change your brain. And if you stop doing that, 
you lose some of that after a while. Right. So there is something about the consistency to reinforce. But I think it the difference there is a practice you engage in versus a passive practice. Mm, just sitting there. So yeah, because the Western Church idea ever since enlightenment is you need to go hear something. Well, the Bible says faith comes by hearing. So well, and again, it used to. Be okay, so everybody showing up already has faith. So they got that. <laughs> they, they need to reinforce. Or they yeah, forget. I think they do. But they're I think just they like do. the Israelites wandering through the desert. They're prone to wander. They're going to forget unless, you know, it's reinforced. Yeah, reminders. Now, I'm not shitting on it. Don't misunderstand me. I go to church. Uh, why? Be, here's why. For me, it is a beautiful and transcendent experience. I go to mm-hmm. church to encounter God. That's the, that's the only reason when I have concluded for myself is is really the only reason to go for me anymore. Would you say it's to focus your self, bring God into more of a focus? Yes, but I also have a strong belief in, in this idea of sacred space. Yep. So I, I really like this idea of... Um, well, I mean, people cynically like call it smells and bells. I mean, liturgy. I, I like that because for me, that that atmosphere is it conjures up reverence and it, 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 it focuses your energy and direction toward that end. And it's supposed to be beautiful and transcendent. And quite frankly, that's why I don't think I could go to a Protestant or an evangelical church anymore because it lacks transcendence for me. Now, I'm not saying that it, it should, or, or I'm not trying to project. Like, it's fine if it, like, I actually talked to, to a buddy about this. We had the same conversation. He's the one that brought this up to me, and he, those, that was his verbiage. Just, oh, well, you can't go to those churches anymore because it lacks transcendence for you. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. It was, yeah, but my church still, it has transcendence for me. Derek and I even talked about that before. Like, like there's something, and, and for me, too, that, I mean, I, I guess I, if I heard certain songs, there might be a nostalgia factor. Oh, I remember that song and being at this place and feeling this thing. And there's a nostalgia factor. I'm not saying that, that, the, um, that a non-liturgical church can't have a transcendent sort of thing to it. Right. But... But you asked me, and I, no, that's I'm my serious. answer. I was just curious. That's my answer. Right. Now, now, what is what is interesting, though, of all the reasons why one could say this is why I go to church, uh, I actually enjoy it. a handful of people I go to church with. A, a few guys in particular I really, really enjoy, and I really, really value. But by and large, though, I, I wouldn't tell you that that's where I go for community. Right. And that's been the major shift for me the past uh, three, four years or so. But you could say that there's people at your church that you have relationships with, however shallow. Like, that's still real community. Like, I had a, a psychologist on the show who talked about the cool thing that he liked about church was, and I'm not, I don't, he doesn't go to church, by the way, but he said this about church as an example of this, that real community has a bunch of people that you don't necessarily hang out with. Like, you're going to meet people there and say to Bob at the, you know, coffee mm-hmm. thing, hey man, how was your week or whatever, and you and Bob could be totally different and totally different ideological lines, but you're still following the same transcendency. Like, you still have that in your heart. It's the glue that holds us together. Yeah, yeah. So so when you do meet that guy in the world, if you do, there's something to that relationship that's real. And what he was, his argument is real, authentic community requires not just an echo chamber. Right, yeah. mm-hmm. and I think that there's a lot of that in churches too. Like that's why there's so many denominations. 
denominations, by the way, that word means to divide. <laughs> so, so, but, but, you know, that's what I'm saying about the community and the people, the people being a part of that, those relationships, and that brings out the non-duality of it, too. Like, there's a right, wrong, good, highly, bad, by the way. It, good, evil. Okay. I think that it's a false community, largely. I think a lot of people do replace real community with what they experience at church because they're being told that's community. And I think that place where you don't really have deep relationship with people is replacing having real community. How would you define real community? Honesty, vulnerability, you're there for each other in times of need. Expecting different ideas. And I think even it, if they're different. Maybe. Well, maybe not. I mean, because I mean, I, a lot I of communities are based this. around similar ideas. But the, but the reality is a lot of times people in churches don't actually have depth of relationship. Thing, and I don't think without depth there is real community. The, I would disagree. The, the thing with ideas... Oh, you're operating from the place where you right, came I, from. I, I said I disagree. We could be in the room and we disagree, which is great. We we, we were interacting that's, some... That's authentic and I were community. Some, about like, <laughs> like, like a blog post that, that I was interacting with. And, and Derek's thing was like... Um, uh, Something about how, like, like I don't know, it, maybe and I don't want to botch your words, so correct me if, if I'm missing it. But it was something along the lines of, of you know, um, you, 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 like, like it's akin to, to racism if you pick apart certain ideas a certain way that maybe are innate or maybe people have grown up with. Maybe they didn't have a choice in embracing the idea. I'm of the mind that ideas are fine to attack. I think you can attack ideas viciously. Maybe respectfully if it's a friend, for sure. Right. But, but I think that if you have an idea, and that could be a religious idea for that matter, that is on the chopping block for attack. Or I it's think fair that's game. a lot more gray than you want it to be. Mm, I'm open-minded to hearing that. but <laughs> <laughs> Attack me, Derek! Attack me! <laughs> um, yeah, I think you have to be very careful how you do that. Because ideas are very much people's identities. Yeah. But mm. so, should they be? Yeah. Oh, there's... In a perfect, ideal, gaga, puppies and, and unicorns world? No. But so why in, are they? In this reality... Oh, that would take two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, we have a topic we're oh, talking there about. There we go. Next, oh, we got before this. <laughs> Next week. Because I think that that's a Western thing. Is what? Ideas being so tied to identity, or Westerners, unfortunately, no. <laughs> right, and I think that's a flaw of Westerners. It's a mind. Nah, I think it just—it's it, a flaw. Of, it's a flaw. Of, it's a flaw, flaw of dualistic thinking. It's a flaw of duality. And maybe the good news is we're starting to see that. Yeah, they're moving into it. Yeah, like sex with us. <laughs> I see. You, you no, see how, you see how it's duality in the public discourse. Well, let's politics? let's go back to to what you were. Or saying. do you see non-duality? Which well, let's, see? let's go back to what you said about. So we were disagreeing on uh, community. Um, I don't want to talk about that anymore. Derek's idea is way better. No, listen, because I or think, mine. Why do you go to church? <laughs> I think that I because I, I you know from your what you were sharing about what happened with you with the church and how all these people weren't there when you were going through the toughest time in your life. Like a lot of those people just walked away. They all of a sudden didn't call Arthur anymore. They couldn't stop like what's going on in my life. And that's bullshit. And I don't think that that's, that's not... So that's some of what I experienced. 
But it's also why I'm at the place I'm at now. Because those guys embraced me with those questions. When I walked in to a pastor's office with the Bible and said, let me tell you how this is full of fairy tales and lies, they weren't, they weren't even defensive. And I, and I got that from a few places, and I just left, like, whatever. But these guys just listened and were like, okay, well, let's talk about that. And so that was a different community for me. And those guys... I believe, and that's one of those things. When you can put your ego down, that's when the, the spirit works. That's when guys have uh, experiences on a beach that they can't explain and go get their, their head measured in a, <laughs> in, a, in a machine because they don't fucking have a, a place for it. But is it, is it fair to attack? I don't want to use the word attack or challenge. I, I, yeah, I think ideas. it's fair to a challenge. And I think and it's fair to a challenge. Like Science Mike is a guy. Like I would put that guy in the planning category to me. And, and I've listened to the liturgist and I like I like the liturgist. But for me, that Science Mike dude is like, like he triggers me a little bit. Why? Just because he's got a, he's a fucking answer guy. Yeah, okay. Like, he seems to be a certainty yeah, yeah. dude. Well, and some of that bugs me. So, <laughs> but I might check out his book if he's if he's walking away from that camp. But he's got a, if he's got an answer for everything, I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of fucking ego in that. I guess is where is where Could I'm be. At. I don't know. Well, what, what is there not ego? Is there ego in yeah. you having a podcast? I mean, well, that's right. what Derek said. In a perfect world, there wouldn't be. Yeah. And when I say attack, I, 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 I do mean respectfully. I don't <laughs> yeah. mean like like disrespectfully. But well, even like me asking the question, I would ask it to myself. Why don't you go to church? I'm curious. You know, it, it's a question I would I would happily answer if he asked me. And it, it's just it, it's fair game, I think, to ask the question. It's like I, I guess I'd like to go through the rest of my life with, with his like minimal on the sacred cows. You know? So would you say... Like, I don't want a lot of sacred cows It's anymore. an experience... To experience God? Experience... The older I get, I'm more interested in, in experience. Yeah. For myself, even. No, I am. Um, I agree. I think oftentimes in church constructs, there, there's... Especially in, in the tradition I've chosen to align myself with, albeit clumsily, um, there, there's always this sort of pointing to the saints of the past, and these people have lived these lives, and look to them as your example. Well, that's great. I want my own fucking experiences. Mm-hmm. You know, I want them for yeah. myself. You want them real. You, you want to live through. You, you want to live your own experience. Yeah. And there's kind of that longing to have that more versus living it vicariously through someone that lived, you know, hundreds of years ago, well, thousands. Of years I would ago. have said probably a month ago. What a good church for community. You would have said that a month ago. I would ago? have said that a month. Ago. You wouldn't say that I now. I wouldn't say that now. Why? What's changed? Just, I think as I've become more aware, and I love that feeling of focusing my experience, focusing God's experience. And How long is the AC3 service? Uh, depends what part you go to. It's the, the, the summer, not the, not the talkie afterwards. The so we'll sermon or the music? The service. Not the talkie meeting afterwards. 45 minutes. Yeah, 45 minutes. minutes. Probably 45 minutes. Oh, short. Yeah. How long, and, and, and how long does he talk for? About... 20 to 30 minutes. And then the optional thing is I'll talk to you afterwards. It's a half hour. And the worship's optional. Yeah. But but you get something out of that. That's meaningful. Okay. That's That's for me. I mean, and I don't know anybody. I mean, I know I've met Rick and I've talked probably more with Dan in the last two weeks. So, in contrast, on a church service, just judging by how the service is laid out, and the optional talkie part afterwards where you get to question and answer. 
the entire focus of the service is on content of this guy talks and then we talk about it afterwards. Mm. The, or we have questions. Because we, we replaced the idea where now what Americans often expect, Westerners in general expect at a church service, worship is listening to by talk primarily with an intro of song, mm-hmm. in and out. Do you do communion every week? No. Once in a while? Once a month, I think. So your non-talky parts of the service are like the tiny bookends. No. They ended, well, especially recently, they do a song, and then he talks about the song for five minutes, and then they do another song, and he talks about that song for five minutes. Uh, like explanatory? Or? Yeah, like just explore the ideas of the song. Hmm. So and they I think did, they, like the first week that I went to, they did Stressed Out by Twin Pilots, Pilots, and yeah. they did uh, the We who? Won't Get Fooled Again by The Who... And they it's did. like a really interesting church. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is a different model. They institutionalized by suicidal tendencies. But like, but like traditionally, yeah, you go back into history, early church lasted like all effing day. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't guys just preaching at you all day. Yeah. And then even in Catholic Mass and Orthodox Church, which are the oldest services we still observe today, preachy part's super short. It's the minority of the service. And somewhere along the line, that all changed to where church turned intellectual. Yeah, to, It's not experiential anymore. It's intellectual in the West. Well, I think that's what I like. Evangelicalism. Yeah. It's a post-enlightenment thing. That, yeah. and that's, it's pretty much all non-liturgical. And even the Reformers claim to be liturgical, even no. though they're still like... The Quakers. I'll just throw that one out. <laughs> the Quakers, <laughs> they're different. They are. Yeah, the Quakers are side they're, not, they're, they're, they're an odd one, but... <laughs> but yeah, for cool. certain, yes. All of evangelicalism is... Talk primary. Which, which starts to question, historically, that was not the norm. It replaced what the norm was, and then people are now finding that hollow... And the reason they go to church has to be to hear somebody talk to them. Otherwise, they don't. Or to experience. I I started going to back to church. We'll use using the church word because it was very much like. Um, I'll throw this out there. It was very much like the experience that I understood through being in recovery groups, where people are talking about okay. This is what I'm experiencing, and I think that doesn't happen in a church service. Oh, well, it does there, <laughs> and so they will go into they will go into people's stories and talk about things that most churches wouldn't poke with a stick because they're afraid of that shit. They had a guy, an agnostic guy, on stage. That going, sounds Driscoll like. What's that? Talking about things other people don't talk about. No, well, I think he started that. What way. are you talking about? The shock jock of the- right. Mark started that way, and he would, you know, there's lots of different folks coming to Mars Hill in the beginning, and then towards the end, you know, there was gay folks coming, and then... Well, after he started talking about anal sex... Okay, but here's the question. (laughs) Do you you get my point in talking about the time devotion of the service itself? You're saying I go for experience, but the experience primarily looks like a college lecture. No, it's not. I don't think I... I went to college. We talked about songs. Right. Well, school, Sounds like a college, college lecture. So you have a stereotype in your head, and I think that's the issue that we're that who me yeah Arthur has a stereotype in his head, uh, and and it's not inaccurate. It like all stereotypes, it represents the majority. Yep. Um, 
But, yeah, we're, but at this point, we're arguing different things. I, because I, I've been to churches that talk about things differently, and it's more open because I've been to a handful of home churches, too, where they're less structured like the total talk down. But I'm just saying by a sheer time commitment of what the service entails, it's not about worship experience. It's about talk. It's about intellectually engaging the concept of this religion. I think that's accurate. Well, if you value worship... That has nothing to do with... uh, If you value worship, what are you valuing? Or we could even go into the definition of worship. what is worship? What is worship? Right, because we as Westerners like to value thinking. Yeah. So going to church that talks about Rational, intellect. Yeah, there's something rational and intellectual about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, but I would just say, too, like, if you go to a church and you find meaning there and you're enjoying it. I, I would never shit on that in a million years. I might ask you questions yeah. about it. I might ask, like, why does it resonate with you? Why are you there? Um, exactly. But, and that's all I'm doing, by the way. So no, please don't take No, it. I'm not. Because I, I enjoy that because I want to experience that. And I would... I might show up at your church. Oh, please do. Because I want to experience that. But... It, I would say full on, it's not for everyone. No, and, and nor would no, I. Nor is AC three. But it, it sounds, uh, it, it at least sounds, um, you know, refreshing and interesting. And I'm glad you guys, if, if, if you if you're enjoying it, and and I'm using the word transcendent maybe loosely, but but if you're finding some meaning there, and you're meeting God, however you define God there, that's that's great. Well, and I would never shit on anybody who is experiencing God, no matter. I wouldn't if they went to an overtly Calvinist church, but that's just me. Because well, well, I think I, it's okay to attack okay, ideas. But, by the way, here's, here's <laughs> my in the way that yeah, yeah. Russ keeps talking about the way he engages that church and engages in conversation afterwards, it sounds very much the way like you engage the organic church movement in Facebook. It sounds like a social network for you where you try to ask these challenging questions and you get into this debatey style thing, which... Doesn't sound like church to me. I went to Bible college. It sounds like fucking seminary. Right. But if it's all intellectual, then we were back on science Mike talking about issues and stuff like that. Which I'm not really that interested in. I don't find But you do, but you do it though. You, but yeah, it, I do it because that's exactly I, what you do. I think what I'm doing on a philosophical, not a science side. Well I think what we're doing what we're doing even here is exploring that idea of is this thing real? Like what are we doing? What is No wonder community? you thought about calling this thing church early on. <laughs> I didn't call it hey, this is one church. This is a church? No. This is uh, this is this is real life. Well, and I, and I, I yeah, loved how Jim Henderson was talking about <laughs> dinners as you know communal neighborhood dinners and that yeah, just sort of taking the place for a lot of people. That being quote church for a lot of people. That dinner church, yeah, or something you know, and it's inclusive and neighbors are there. There's something very beautiful about that. Mm-hmm. I think there's something to be said for gaining perspective that's not intellectual. Absolutely, yeah. That's good. Absolutely. So, Amen. <laughs> so you could choose to look at it and say this is just an intellectual jerk off, uh, but there's something else to that, and that I'm just I'm going to sit in your perspective for a little bit and just experience that. Yeah. Um, and I've listened to countless hours of. Seminary. Well, and I, the thing is different for like, me is that he encourages they encourage questions. I've. The gal, there was a gal there Saturday, Sunday, Saturday, Sunday morning, who was part of the Mars Hill thing, and that's one of the things she said. She goes, "This is changing me because I grew up, I was part of Mars Hill where you did not question authority, period." And they they encourage doubt, they encourage questions. 
They're not afraid of it. And I've never been a part of a church where they weren't afraid of questions. So here's a here's a maybe question to that mm-hmm. observation. I, I read a blog article maybe a month or so ago where they were talking about complementarian theology. I'm not going to go into that or what that is so much, but you know, or, or just basically the idea that you know the man's the head of the household, he's the head of the woman, and you know they complement each other, but he stills the head or, or or whatever. And and the the blog was was talking about how modern day complementarians have really slick websites. They have really attractive couples. They're really hipster looking, cool looking couples. But but at the end of the day, after all the sleek websites, after all the pretty looking people, and after all the hip music in the churches that are more conservative, not unlike Marcel maybe, uh-huh. at the end of the day, it's all the same shit that's been like rattled down, you know, for years ever since that theology came about. And how much is that invitation to ask questions just sort of like repackaging the same shit because at the end of the day yes you can ask questions yes we'll listen to you but the answers are going to be the same they're the same pat answers that's good i'm just asking and, oh, and but that's I, a question here's, here's i want to challenge you <laughs> sure, well, please we'll do. be afraid of that question because here's one of the things that i'm afraid of for you right now it sounds like you're on your mars hill rebound girl throw. and and that you thought. like her and you like her because she's not mars hill that thought has crossed my mind. And that glow might die. So yeah. the reason why it should be good shouldn't be because it's the opposite of what Mars Hill no. was in the ask questions, non-authoritarian, the approachable. Because I've been part of lots of churches. I mean, particularly when you go to a, a Bible college and you start trying churches and talk to pastors, you talk to a zillion of them and have private conversations with them and ask all kinds of stuff in the world because... You're young, stupid, and have the balls to. So let me expand that danger. That happens to everybody. They run to atheism, they get excited about atheism. That's the rebound girlfriend. Yep. They yeah. run to orthodoxy. Eastern orthodoxy. They run to orthodoxy. <laughs> I didn't run to orthodoxy, by the way. They run to scrutiny, mysticism, <laughs> they get excited about mysticism. You're going to get excited again about something that's different. So, so while that is a consideration to take into account, I don't think it's a good reason not to do it. I like your new girlfriend, Steve. I'm not yucking you're young. No, and my wife went on the same point because she's when we walked in when we walked into Marsville the first time, down Ballard, I go, Oh man, this is awesome. And she goes to me, she says, You do this. You get excited about something new. Something different, because we'd gone through the shitter with churches. And then I walk in and I go, This is it. And she goes, You do this. Be careful. So she said that very, very fucking same thing. Yeah. And I, now, I'm not excited about atheism, and I still don't understand those people who are really like pro atheism. Like, but you've got like angry and excited. You've got about it, totally, like, and you've got things that that really engage you, and that are engaging your mind differently than they were previously. And there's some yeah. excitement in that. That's. And it, Try to find a way forward, you know. That's where you kind of step out on belief, right? Because when you step out on belief, that's when you're like, okay, I'm going to stop the questions and I'm going to stand here. Or we can just in the circle jerk of just asking questions for eternity and never, you know, put your fucking chips down on the table. Right? My belief is now I don't know. Yeah, but there's there's it's hard to get excited. There's about value. <laughs> I, I know because I feel that. Like, but there's somewhere I don't know, I'm not that excited. So about you're it. defining love. You're defining belief in a different way than you did in the past. Before you know, during your, your I don't have belief to define anymore. 
Well, you have to have belief in something. Actually, like, everybody gets up you do. every day. Well, yeah. I actually miss Philly. Well, I'm, I'm, maybe it's faith, belief. We could play word algebra on this. But I think everyone, you wouldn't do life anymore if you didn't Can we use the word something. meaning instead of belief? That's a good meaning. Meaning is a good one, yeah. Yeah, meaning's better than belief, probably, in a lot of ways. Yeah. But at the same time, faith is your meaning. Like, you can't nail down meaning and say, this meaning is right and true, and everyone should follow this. Because everyone could break that shit down. You can nail down your meaning and say this is right and true, but you're right. You can't say everyone. You don't have to extrapolate it to everyone. Yeah, exactly. But most people exactly. don't. Most people yeah. do, I'd say, though. That's the temptation, Yeah, is to try to extrapolate it to everybody. And I think that's what the plannies do, maybe, is they get so fired up about it that everyone's got to believe this if they go here. And if they don't, they're an outsider. Well, to be fair... Uh, you kind of all have to believe the same thing in order to get everybody in line and moving in the same direction. <laughs> yeah. right? but like, to, that's usually the first step. It's like, we've got to get everybody on the same page yeah. so that I can do my planning thing because this isn't going to work if if we're not all on the same page. So that's like step one. The interesting question would be, and maybe our little cadre of guys here is maybe an example, is, is there ever a time where you know we can move forward without tribal distinctions or dogmas yeah, and are we are we headed for that at some Hello, point? Can we? We're tribal creatures by nature, yes. just you know humans. But yeah, so like like I would say even for me, like in a tribal sense, I no, much more <laughs> resonate with free thinkers, free spirits, and and you know I find you guys to be kindred spirits in a lot of ways. I find more camaraderie there with you know. Maybe you worship differently than I do, or think differently about God than I do, or not at all, even you know. And and, and I find a lot more camaraderie there than I would maybe my own church, and so that could be its own tribe in and of itself, you know, like that open handedness and that that questioning. Oh, it definitely is its own tribe. It is its own tribe. We tend. It's a better tribe. Humans tend to not better in like it's like a superior way. Name one person who doesn't think that their tribe is better. That's like the definition of being in a tribe. Yeah, you're better. Well, but I'm not. But I'm not waving the flag like join my team. It can be pretty self-hating. Yeah. Have you ever seen James get the movie The Accountant? Oh yeah, Ben Affleck. Yeah, that was all right. His dad and his two sons. He sent his son out to fight, and he says his son was Ben Affleck character as a as a as an adolescent was trying to make people like him, and he said they will never like you because you're different, and people are afraid of different, and that's the thing that I think we I want to embrace difference. I don't want to be afraid of difference anymore. And the arts do that. Like anything artistic that's different and new, like we embrace that. We like that. I mean, Nirvana changed music because it was different. Like the, all these kind of rocker Motley Crue sort of bands that were out just like they just went away. There was a guy that had a band called uh, uh, Royal Blood. It's not the Royal Blood that's popular today from England, the three guys. But it was like back around the 90s, early 90s. And their album was called Thanks Seattle for Killing My Band and Crushing My Dreams. <laughs> because that music that came out of this place in the early 90s, as it was different, changed everything. It has to be good, though. Yeah, that's, it hit so that's, that's, that's Exactly. That's where I'm going with John. Is, <laughs> it has to be good. It has is, to be good. Uh, 99% of the 
difference is completely impalatable. That's right. Right. <laughs> yes. We're still, we're so, still no, trying to figure that yeah, out. 1% is, yeah. oh, that's different and attractive. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Let's, yeah. let's do that There one. were a lot of shit Garage 90s yes, bands. There, there was, was a lot. Because Garage allowed everybody who couldn't play the guitar to get up and play some power chords that were so distorted and muddy, <laughs> yeah. you really couldn't hear whether they were playing the right note or the long note, or whether their fucking strings were buzzing. Yeah, it was bringing, On purpose or on accident. Bringing punk to the masses. But right? that doesn't mean they could write a song and no. most music lovers admit Kurt Cobain can write a song and mm-hmm. everybody else who picked up a guitar in the 90s couldn't alright <laughs> to go back to we've uh, got like six planes to land I've got <laughs> Derek was talking about materialism and naturalism earlier today well that's a whole other topic it, that's a really well I don't know I think that's a that good one too it is a good one but uh, I would say that to talk about so we went through this shit at AC3 my wife and I and we left AC3 um, a decade ago because of some of the shit that I went through. And again, the leadership there, Dan and Rick and everybody was awesome. Some of the people in the church didn't understand our story. And I hurt people. So I talked about doing this little ministry for porn addiction. And it wasn't until nine months later that I talked about how bad it really was. Because I wasn't just... And I told everybody. I was like, you know what? I'm not like I had to tell my wife because I was hiding who I was from her. And we talked about that last week a little bit. But at, at AC3, there was people in that church that didn't like that, didn't understand that. There was women at that church that told my wife, one woman, uh, who said, just telling her basically that you're just, oh, he's going to do it again, and you're just, and that's her own pain or whatever the yeah, fuck she was her going own through. Exactly. But from what her husband was doing, exactly the exact same thing you were. So after Mars Hill fell, I kind of dipped into AC3 back there because I knew a few of those folks. Now a lot of those folks who shit on us are gone. <laughs> like most all those people are gone. Um, and we started going to Mars Hill. So Mars Hill was our rebound girlfriend, right? And and yeah, so you know I feel you with all that too. Because when Mars Hill was also new and cool and hip, and I'm, you know, I stopped doing the podcast for a year. I didn't think I'd ever pick it up again, and started doing it again because of Mars Hill. And Mark was like this shock jock pastor, and yeah, man. So I, I feel you with all that shit. This is all bullshit, and just like it's just, it's just people. Why not talking. walk away then? It's just why have a rebound, or why? Because you know why? Because that place treated my family like family when the chips were down when we had nobody or nothing when my mom passed away you know I'm meeting with Rick and and we're doing the memorial and I'm sitting there and he's just talking about how we're going to do this thing and I'm like Rick dude you know this sounds great he's going to do the eulogy and all that it took Saturday and basically just kind of took the whole day I mean he's paying people from the church to be there for my mom's memorial and I said I don't I don't Ron and I, we don't have any money. Like, we're, I can't pay you, dude. Like, I feel... And he's like, Russ, your mom is like family. Like, this is a family thing. Like, I'm not here... I'm not asking for your money. I don't want your money. And that, for me, felt like family. It felt like not just community, but something a little deeper. Like, you know, hey, we're, we're here for you. Wherever you decide to go whether you want to be an AC3-er or not. And they weren't pressuring me to go back to church there. But it just felt like... So I guess I throw that out there. That's why I still go. is because those folks treated my family and I like 
Like we matter. There's a familial thing. Like we yeah. fucking matter. That's cool. You know, like we're people, human beings that matter, which is different. So if we could land the plane, your search for significance is varied. Mm. And I can't tell you, John or Derek, how to find significance or Arthur because that's your journey. And my journey and Russ's journey and Chuck's journey. Yeah. I think part of the mystery is embracing the pain too. I think there's something to that. The pain and the shit of it all. Not running from it, but running straight into it and sitting in it. Like it's fucked up, but it sounds fucked up, but it's it's where there's real I hate to use the word healing. I've been using <laughs> but there the really heat. is there's peace found there. You know? I'm gonna land the plane. Okay. <laughs> Parts have been falling off nope. in ten minutes. No, we always <laughs> we always do this. So I've been using the phrase leaning in a lot. Mm. Okay. Um, like shit's hard and I'm just going to lean in. I've been doing this thing where I've been writing out some of my stories. Uh, and I wrote out one yesterday and I thought it was going to be relatively easy compared to the one I'd done previously. And it came out and it was way worse. Dang, dang. Um, and, uh, and it caught me by surprise. And my wife and I, we didn't really talk about it. We just kind of, she was there for me really in a really nice way. Um, and I got and I got kicked in the chest by it, mm-hmm. um, uh, and I found myself reaching for my phone or reaching for something to distract me mm. to, you know, just you know, it, it, you know, give me a painkiller, yeah, so that when the, when it numbs itself finally in in an hour or two, I can I can come back then and deal with it then. Uh, but I, I decided to make a conscious choice. Because that has been a theme recently, to just lean in and just let myself feel it, mm. and uh, and yeah, like you're saying, Russ, like that's that's a necessary part to the healing. Um, there's actually been some really interesting stuff uh, recently on chronic exercisers, people that really exercise really hard, and how their body doesn't get as much benefit from a reconstruction standpoint if they take ibuprofen. Mm. Uh, like your body needs to feel like it's in pain to restructure itself. They get some of the benefit, a good amount of the benefit, but not as, like, it takes like 20 or 30% of it off if you take ibuprofen after after doing a hard exercise because your body just needs to feel it in order to fix itself. And that's kind of where I'm taking a lot of this stuff. It's like, okay, I'm just going to sit and feel it. I'm going to lean in. I'm going to let my let things be shitty uh, because cause the path to healing includes me feeling the pain. And it may be not actually be a path of healing if I don't sit and feel the pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Yes. Punktheology is the property of Digital Audio Project, who is responsible for its content. Don't check it out! I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Well, no one understands that you'd do a good job if you had a chance. That you'd make good. Thanks for listening to Punk Theology. 
Don't forget to subscribe.